Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the NFL Scotland podcast. Free agency is the talk of the NFL with barely a day having gone by without a big deal being done. My name is Cameron Hobbs. And my name is Paul Mitchell. Cameron's aim of trading me to the Buffalo Bills has fallen through, so I remain in place to talk about the big signings and the outcome from the game of quarterback roulette. Our weekly awards are safely packed away until week one, so instead we'll be evaluating free agency in three categories. Those who appear to be successful, those who've been less so, and then the New York Giants. Well then have a look at some of the other stories, including a possible redesign in Denver and check on the progress of the Alliance League. But first we're going to deal with some breaking news as we're absolutely delighted to unveil one of several new signings to the NFL Scotland podcast team. We've had a successful rookie year but there's going to be no sophomore slump as we aim to get bigger and better. So on that I'd like to confirm the first bit of business that we've done is add to the wider NFL Scotland podcast team... New York Giant fan, sorry to get you in on this one, Jamie Borthwick. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. It's uh, yeah, brilliant to be in. Um, you've done such a fantastic job over the last year. It's really caught on with everyone, and uh, I'm just delighted to be part of it. And we're delighted to have you. So, Jamie, our first ever guest. It feels right that he's our first ever permanent member of the of the team. So, delighted to have him. A key signing. Blake Bortles was close, but we've gone with Jamie. <laughs> Because he's got more knowledge and he's a better quarterback. <laughs> so this was it. So last year what we did was we had a guest every single time and some of those guests performed better than others and obviously Jamie's cut the mark. He's not been cut um, at week one. You know, if we, if we were to do the hard knocks off the NFL Scotland podcast, he wouldn't even get a look in because he's so safe in the house that that's absolutely fine. But, you know, obviously delighted, Jamie, to have you on board. We've got another couple of people to add to the team. A couple of people who be sort of semi-regulars, you know, you won't be here every week, Jamie. You've got much better things to do than that, I'm sure. Um, but it'll be great for you and me, Paul, to get people in on a regular basis and, and get their input. Absolutely terrific. We've had a great pile of people on and we've gone for the pick of the bunch. But I do like your idea of hard knocks covering the NFL <laughs> Scotland podcast. There's an idea in that. We should pursue it. So we're going to kick off episode 44 then by looking at free agency. Now, within free agency, you've obviously not just got the free agents, you've got all the trades that go with it. I'm going to take a slight nod as well because some credit needs to go to some of these people producing podcasts that are doing pods right in the middle of free agency because more often than not, as soon as you've stopped hitting record, it's already out of date because something else has happened. Someone's getting paid more and even bigger transactions taking place. So we'll give them credit. We made the strategic decision that we would wait, would observe, would take it all in and then we'd get together and discuss our thoughts. But that's what separates us from everybody else, isn't it? <laughs> that considered opinion. Uh, no, good, good on them because there, there has been so much. I'm going to start with the controversial one. The team that's had the best free agency, Tampa Bay. Okay. I, yeah, I definitely didn't see that one coming. Um, and in my list of alphabetical orders, I'm going straight to the bottom here then to, to recap on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Why are you thinking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? What's the one thing that can kill a team at the start of a season and coming through training camp? It's a quarterback controversy. They've dealt with it. Mm. They have utterly dealt with it as early as they possibly can. And I think... Simply because of that. now you could have traded Winston, you could you know rather than Fitzgerald. I don't think it matters. I think Bruce Arians has come in and dealt with his number one issue, because nobody is now talking. Will it be Fitz? Will it be Winston? And I think that is progress yeah. for Tampa Bay. And I don't I don't think many people have actually mentioned that. You know we've talked about the impact on the Dolphins and things, but Bruce Arians, who I think is a brilliant coach. He's in the same division as my Saints. I'm terrified because I think he's really good. And he has come in and made a key decision. Early doors removed all the problems that Dirk Cotter had the last two seasons. Now, what, what have we heard about Tampa Bay over the last two seasons? They're a talented team. They're a talented team. They've got it. They've got the pieces. One of the problems was constantly this quarterback chopping and changing. And they've dealt with it. I'm being slightly flippant in saying that they've won it. But... I don't think we should overlook the fact that I think they've done a really good job. There. You know, it's good leadership because the, the the two quarterbacks, there was nothing really between them. They both could marshal an absolutely phenomenal offense, and both had problems with turning the ball over. Now you just concentrate on one, work on the turnovers, and and they could be onto something pretty special. And to do it so early, so there's nothing going into camp. You know, Winston's getting all the first team reps. You're not having to split. You're not having that question being asked of you almost every day. Winston has a bad day in training camp. Nobody's going to bat an eyelid mm. because he's the man. I think that that's really, really important. 
Yeah, it's definitely a, a different approach to look at it, that's for sure. Um, and you're right, you know, we talked about it a load. Uh, I've said repeatedly that, you know, Jameis Winston appears like a man slightly unhinged at times. So he can't use that as a reason now. He can focus in as his team, he can take them forward. And I do think they're going to improve under Arians. Uh, I think that's almost a certainty. Um, if not the Buccaneers, then who else do you put into that conversation then? I think you've got to look at somebody. I think the Browns. I mean, that's the obvious one, mm. isn't it? I mean, anybody that can go out and get Odell Beckham Jr., whether you think he's a clown off the field, on the field, that's amazing. I mean, if you were Baker Mayfield and somebody texted you to say, we've just signed OBJ, you'd be going, okay, they're drunk. <laughs> it's an amazing one, especially as Dave Gettleman of the Giants had said, no, he's going nowhere, he's going nowhere, he's going no. Oh, yeah, cheers. And he's off. I mean, you're a Giants fan. I'd, I'd be really upset not the fact that they traded him but they should have just come out and been honest but when somebody's telling you no we're keeping him we're keeping him we're keeping him well, I get, you have to read between the lines with Gettleman a lot and Gettleman um, during the, the combine was talking about uh, the asshole quotient inside the <laughs> locker room whenever he was asked about Beckham right he wasn't referencing Beckham specifically but he he, he you have to read between the lines and the New York media knows how to read between the lines with yeah. him they had been laying the groundwork for this. They had been talking about it. It was probably not a surprise if you consume enough New York media to know that while they weren't shopping, I mean, he says that he placed one call to the Buffalo Bills when they were looking at Antonio Brown because he gets on with the GM there and he was like, hey, I've got a guy. But other than that, was the only call that he actually placed shopping Beckham. And when it came down to it, he got um, the offer that he says he couldn't refuse. In the back of his mind, the asshole quotient that he was talking about at the Combine, it basically defines it as being, can I put up with this guy off the field, off the training field, as long as he's contributing enough on it? And when he got the offer of a first, third and uh, a really good safety, he said, well, that, that was his mind made up. I mean, I think the Giants have brought in a good return. And I think he had to, and that, that probably helps and I say the New York media I mean if you've ever been in New York it's brilliant to buy the sports papers because <laughs> they, they are brutal they are vicious yeah. uh, and they also report everything yeah what was fascinating was that I, I found the non-New York media far more visceral on this trade than guys like um, Ralph Vacchiano for example who's 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 inside the bubble there was some some pieces in the likes of ESPN that absolutely eviscerated Gettleman for this trade it was almost like it, it, it was a chance for these guys who don't have to deal with like a Gettleman or even Mara on a, a, on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis to really stick the boot in. Whereas there was a lot more reason coming from the guys who are on the beat, you know, week in, week out. See, it's a fascinating thing is that difference between a beat writer who has to face the guy yeah. and some faceless guy sitting in Connecticut or you know, somebody, your San Francisco Chronicle penning yeah. a piece on it who doesn't have to face it. And we see that a bit in this country as well. And I think it, it, is, it is difficult. And sometimes beat writers accuse of being in the pocket of, of the teams. They're not. You, if you've got to build a relationship with somebody, it's got to be done cleverly. Yeah, I think your readership wants to read a bit of balance as well. I mean, so much of the Giants' support was hurting, but I think you've got a duty to try and put the other side forward as well. And, you know, there is, there is another side to it. It's just no one knows how that other side's <laughs> going to go quite yet. And it's hard. It's always going to be hard when you lose your big name. And I guess if you're a New York Giants fan... You've just gone out there and you've picked up Barkley last year, who's turned into an absolute, mm. you know, the generational player that we were told that it was going to be brilliant. Um, there's been injuries, and I think that's maybe the one thing that Beckham's got the little asterisk next to him is over the last two years, certainly, there's been a lot of times that Eli's not had his number one receiving core to throw the ball to, mm. and that, that has definitely been a problem. You know, we've had off the issue, off the field issues with Beckham and things like that, but. Let's be honest, we know that you're clutching at straws. It's, it's a big-name player that's leaving your team, and that's always going to be hard to take, especially when you pick up a safety, which is not quite as sexy a position. <laughs> Let's be honest. I'm sorry, safeties, you're just not as sexy as a wide receiver. So can I flip that yeah. and say, if I'm Cleveland, now I'm happy with what Cleveland have done, you know, with yeah. the draft picks, the way they've built, the way they've got things together. I'd be hacked off if it was being traded away from the Browns if you've suffered all of the pain with them. Does he help them? Or does he go in and disrupt that locker room? 
this this could this either makes them look like geniuses or this could derail their season if he starts all this kicking net nonsense and and things like that. I, I think it's a gamble, not in his talent, but yeah. the, the asshole quota. The the offense now looks like a fantasy draft. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, but did did they really need Beckham? I don't think I don't think they did. They had so much talent there already, but you know. They feel like, okay, we've got the talent, we've used our draft picks at last and we finally think we've nailed it on quarterback. Let's go out and do it. Let's seize the moment. And that's 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 the decision they've made. I mean, it's it's box office now, isn't it? I mean, every single person is going to be tuning in for the Browns now. It was NFL Sky Sports, I think it said. Yeah. That's the schedule sorted. Yeah. You know, weeks 1 through 17, the Browns on their bye week will just be looking at highlights of the Browns. And totally, I can get it. If you're going to soil the chips of the Browns fans, trying to keep this clean, um, <laughs> I guess the one thing that you, you've highlighted there is the huffiness. Now, with Jarvis Landry, they've already got... a pretty volatile they've picked up Kareem Hunt who's got his eight game ban but there's that question mark the one thing this is going to need is some really strong leadership to keep all this together and you've got a brand new rookie head coach Yeah. so there's a there is a potential melting pot of emotions coming out of uh, Cleveland yeah, as if it you, wasn't you already there Mayfield, Landry and Beckham somehow just keep it all together they seem to have a good I mean we know Landry and Beckham have got a great relationship off the field Mayfield seems to be part of that now as well so you're kind of looking for the three of them to almost self-police I I would say if that falls apart the whole thing does yeah and like you say the one thing you go back to is the fact that Landry and Beckham both played at LSU together they both know each other they were really good together Um, so you would like to think that they can work out with anybody Mm. but there's some big characters in that dressing room you know what I would have liked I would have liked Greg Williams in charge of this yeah. <laughs> because I think that just would have given it the utter swagger that yes. it would have needed he did well as a head coach let's not knock him you know he did really well now he's going to the Jets as the defensive guy but I think he'd earned his chance they've gone in a different direction that's fine but it just would have added I think to the box office of it there was a lot of chat about the Indianapolis Colts coming into this because obviously they've got a lot of money uh, in their cap, but they've not really done much so far. Uh, does that surprise you? You know, they've picked up Pierre Desir, Desir, Desire, uh, and Devin Funches, who is a big receiver now. Mm. Actually, Funches is one of those guys that plays really well for a couple of weeks and then disappears and yeah. doesn't do anything. But I think there's the Cam Newton asterisk there as well. I don't think Cam Newton's a particularly brilliant throwing quarterback. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how he does under Andrew Luck. And he's certainly a much more big-bodied target than T.Y. Hilton is. You look at the pickup of Ebron last year, yep. and actually you think, you know what, if, that, if he has a similar trajectory under luck, he could be a big player next year. See, I like the idea if you, you've got the money, but why spend it if you're not going to buy better? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think they're being canny, and I think that's a good thing. So they're one of the teams that I think are almost in the middle. You're not sure if they've done well. Or they've done badly. I mean, it's interesting if you flip. The other problem that New York, the Giants are going to have, is the Jets. Ah, yeah. Because, you know, they've got the quarterback of the future. They've got it. I mean, to take Adam Gase from Miami still blows my mind. Because I don't quite see that. But, you know, they've now got LeVon Bell. Uh, they retained Henry Anderson, Steve McClendon on the defensive line. They both needed that. Um, Osmelli from Oakland's come in as well. You know, CJ Mosley, yeah, who's a great linebacker. So they they've they're doing a lot of the right things, yeah. um, and that the New York market, as you know, is brutal. Yeah, and if all of a sudden Darnold takes off, um, and and the Giants stop, I think the Giants, w- what you're looking at, and we're having a bit of fun with them, their draft. It's now up to them to get their draft right, and to me, they've got to draft their next quarterback if if they're there in a position to do so. Definitely, it's interesting to see if the Giants use their picks that they've got in the Beckham trade to try and get up the board. Yeah, I mean, if, you know, if they're if they're going for the quarterback of the future, it's got to be high. It's got to be in the first. I wonder if they'll still hesitate over a potential Josh Rosen trade for a while until until that all becomes clearer, because we're not really sure what the Cardinals are are, are getting at with with Rosen and their and their first pick. Once that's all cleared up, then I think we'll start to see you know the the, the pieces all, all all move into place. The, what we'll be preying on their minds is that 
by just about every expert opinion there are better quarterback classes coming in 2020 and 2021. Yeah. Um, this is has got a couple of wild cards and a couple of guys who will probably you know work out as starters within their first two years. But there's a lot of risks in there as well. So you got to wait up. This is a high draft position. But with better on the horizon, do you kick the can down the road? See, it's interesting because I thought they would have pulled the trigger last year mm. because the draft class has proved to be okay. They could get Rosen. Um, what they possibly need is Kevin Costner to come in for a draft day <laughs> and get him in there and start to make the decisions and the key deals. But it is that, it's that thing that, you know, last year... I like Josh Rosen. I mean, I said that. I thought mm-hmm. he, I thought he'd lasted far too long in the draft. Is he really that bad a player? You know, the Cardinals were the dumpster fire of the NFL last year. <laughs> Therefore, if they do go with Kyler Murray, which looks a little bit now, Kyler Murray could turn out to be fantastic, but that hype mm-hmm. is just building and building and building and building, and they could be being sold something they don't need. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, Kyler Murray, I think there's um, more twists and turns to come in terms of where people see him going. Um, he's the sort of guy you could even see sliding on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's just, it, it's all quite probably um, deliberately um, occluded at the moment as to <laughs> where everyone is, is looking at in, the, in those really key kind of top six, top seven picks. To come back to free agency, though, if you look at it, just a couple of moves, I mean, the most obvious one was the Jaguars cutting away Blake Bortles, who suddenly has appeared at the LA Rams. That That's quite amusing. Um, but probably missed a couple of things as well. I mean, Blaine Gabbert's gone from Tennessee. He was not seen as a, a viable backup. He and wasn't he, a viable backup. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he was quite expensive. However, um, the only person that cost his team multiple victories, according to the PFF grades, was Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> so they've not exactly upgraded yeah. too much. Um Tyrod Taylor's now at the Chargers. He'll back up Philip Rivers. I like that. That's a really, that, that's I, a really good I think move. that's clever. I think, that, I think they're a potential Super Bowl winning yeah. team. And to me, if you've got a Super Bowl winning team, you need a quarterback that can step in and win you one, two games while the other guy's out. I think that's a really, really good pick. Um, and then the Dolphins going out and getting Fitzmagic. Is that going to help? A first-year head coach... He's bringing in an experienced quarterback who you can probably trust to a great degree. That you know you're not drafting somebody who's having to learn the playbook and and taking all the hard knocks. Is he just trying to get through his first two years in the job unscathed? Do you know what I? Th- I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's got nothing to prove. I think that I saw something on Twitter saying that he's sort of conference interview that he did today. Um, or the first one he did after he's signing one of the first questions somebody asked him was how do you feel that people are saying that the Dolphins clearly don't want to make the playoffs by the fact that they've picked you up now how is he supposed to answer that but that is the the sort of rhetoric that's going around about the Dolphins now I think as well it's not helped because the Jets have picked up some big players Yes. and I think that Buffalo have actually done some pretty decent business as well um, and it's going to be interesting to see the progression that they make um, so compared to all that, and you're still in the division with the, the Patriots who are still under Tom Brady, the Dolphins' expectations are going to be low. So he's got nothing to lose. And actually it was in the games where he had nothing to lose last year where Fitzmagic was at his best, week one against the Saints, going into the sort of bring that. up again. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't recall but, that game at all. I mean, what, the first two weeks of last season was absolutely sensational. People were picking him up on their fantasy teams, left, right and centre, and then they regretted it week three. Um, <laughs> and that was it. But that was the case with both those quarterbacks. They were they had great weeks and then they had some shocking weeks. But I think, I think Miami have done it because it's one less problem for the head coach. If you keep Tannehill, yeah. there was always going to be the questions over Tannehill. So, fresh coach, fresh start. You can trust your quarterback and have a look elsewhere. Buffalo have, have rebuilt. I think they've made some good signings. Cole Beasley is one of them. I think they've made some other interesting ones. Much more Spencer Long will help that interior line. So there's some good ones coming in. But you know, ev- mad about Cole Beasley is he had an offer from the Patriots and chose the Bills. Oh, oh I mean, I'd love to be in that press conference. That, that's a fascinating Cole, one. what you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's some questions that just have to be asked, doesn't it? Cole, you feeling okay? Uh, there, there was the story that his daughter apparently screamed out on the plane, we're going to Buffalo. But 
but nobody knew if it was distress or happiness. <laughs> uh, but good on the Bills. You know, they, they have obviously convinced him that he can be a big star, a face of the franchise. Um, you, you don't know, he might just thought that New England wasn't the fit for him. So... Yeah, it's, it's a strange on face value. It's a strange. Yeah, one. and Josh Josh Allen needed targets, so you know he's got a, he's got a big old contract, four years and twenty nine million apparently, mm. which includes fourteen point four million guaranteed. So it's possibly a case of, do you know what? That's quite nice money. I'll take that. Um, he's fast in the slot as well, so able to create space. So that'll suit Josh Allen's type of play. They've picked up some interesting players as well, but again, I would say not necessarily anybody that makes you go, oh wow, that's a big name signing. Picking up Frank Gore is a brilliant signing. But four years ago, um, I love Frank Gore. I'm a niner, of course I do. But there's only so long he can keep going. Well, Those right. wee legs of him are just wearing away, surely. Yeah, I mean, he retired six years ago, so he's done well. <laughs> <laughs> he Honestly, he'll still be playing when Barkley's done. Barkley'll be in the whole game. Frank Gore will still be getting those yards in. Um, Kevin Johnson, they've picked up a cornerback, which is fairly decent. Tyler Croft, tight end. You know, fine, John Brown at wide receiver. They've given a lot of money to him as well. Mm. Decent player without being brilliant. Um, they've certainly added talent, so it's just how good that talent Sounds actually is. Sounds like my is. fantasy bench. Yeah, yeah, it does. Do you know what, actually? That's exactly the best scenario. That is a fantasy bench, definitely. Um, and looking through the rest of them, you know, there's, uh, there's obviously some stories... It, Adrian Amos goes to the Green Bay Packers. Ha ha, Clinton Dix ends up yeah. in Chicago. That's a nice wee exchange there. I know obviously that's via Washington, but still. Um, I was surprised that the Houston Texans didn't do more. They've been very, very quiet. Now, you could argue that Tennessee haven't done a great deal either, but they've brought in Cameron Wake. Now, that's going to help them there. Indianapolis haven't moved greatly. Jacksonville have made the statement with Bortles. It was a fascinating division last year. It's another mm. fascinating division this year. But I think they might be again like the Colts. If they're not seeing upgrades, they, you just you have to hold. You've just got to say, you know, we will see. We'll see where it comes and what we want to do in the draft. So I, it is quite fascinating. Some of the moves that have been made and clubs that you might have expected to go big haven't done. Just to jump back very briefly to to Cleveland, Cleveland now start the season as the favourites for their division. Yeah. Despite what the Ravens have done, they start the season now. Two seasons ago, they couldn't get a win. Mm. You know, and then that's the beauty of this sport, mm. that, yeah, sometimes you go through some tough times, but if you go through tough times, you get the draft picks, you can get the reward. Now, they've mismanaged them for long enough. Yeah. Um, but now, I mean, before Beckham, you could argue that them and the, the Ravens were looking likely. Now with them, you know... Is and this might sound stupid, but is anything less than winning that division a failure? Given the fact that Pittsburgh are in a mess, yeah. given the fact that they've lost their best players, now Pittsburgh will always contribute because they've got a good quarterback. Cincinnati, well, I mean, they re-signed Tyler Eifert. Um, to, yeah. you know, so the doctors are pleased about that because that gives them a lot of work. Um, against such a good player, but yeah, no, I think I think uh, no, no, I would, I would, uh, I would agree with that. If the Browns don't win their division, that's a failure. Yeah. And that's an, it's an incredible turnaround yeah, and that's yeah. how people are talking it's a first year head coach he's now going to manage all never mind the egos that we've talked about but the expectation mm. that is now there they will likely feature Sunday I mean Sunday night football Monday night football that's what it's, it's, it's going to be about absolutely I think that the Ravens are probably the best bet to finish second in that division I think that the, the fall-off potential throw of Lamar Jackson feels greater than that of Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I didn't... Baker looked composed in a team that got better when Hugh Jackson went away. Mm. He still made mistakes. Of course he did. He was a rookie. But he set records. Yeah, and he had a brilliant season. He was tremendous. Lamar Jackson in that playoff game, that's the lasting memory now from the end of last season. Finally kind of brought her back towards the end. But question marks asked. Now, they've obviously got rid of Alex Collins... Um, who was arrested they've got him they've got Mark Ingram in who is a good running back good pick that's up. an upgrade yeah. Earl Thomas they've chucked a bunch of money at him at safety but you've got to say that defence was pretty solid anyway fine keep investing uh, Nick Boyle's re-signed so there's still three solid tight ends on that team so they're pretty much playing three tight ends a whole bunch of running backs and it's scar scar gonna push <laughs> just someone grab the ball and run in a direction and they'll make their way down the field doing that Mark Ingram was only 89 yards away from becoming the, the um, uh, 
most yardage running back ever for the Saints. Yeah, oh. it's a shame, isn't it? Just to come so close, <laughs> yeah, um, and and not be. I mean, the Saints. I think you've got to make a choice at some point. They've gone with Kamara, yeah, as the main one. Um, they've already replaced Ingram as well. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm not overly unhappy. I mean, if we talk about the Saints for a moment, I mean, the loss of Max Unger was was a real big mm. deal. Um, but interestingly. They've obviously said, you know, they brought in the boy Easton from, from Minnesota, so he's obviously told the Saints in advance because the last thing you want is somebody to drop that on you and the free agency market is, is almost over. Um, so I think, you know, he's done right by the Saints as far as that's concerned. A couple of big things that the Saints have done. Keeping Teddy Bridgewater, I think, speaks volumes. Absolutely. I think that Teddy's gone to Miami, he's seen what's on offer in the sun, and he's gone, do you know what, nah. I'm better off playing backup for maybe a year or two, potentially, and take over this team than I would be in Miami. So I think that's a really telling move from him to stay where he is. And I think Latavius Money's a really good pickup. I think that he is every bit as much bang as Ingram was to Kamara's Lightning. You know, um, it's he's a great back if you need to get over the line. And it means that you don't need to rely on Breeze continuing to do sneaks or Hill coming on and just yeah, running. And there's no danger time. of them trying to play Murray as a three-down back. No. So, you know, that, that suits him as well. Kamara yeah. goes out and causes havoc and Murray knows his role. Oh, come on when the defence is tired and yeah. just bowl right through them. And I think actually that's exactly what Peyton's all about, isn't it? You know, just Absolutely. keep them guessing. Keep them guessing to an extent. The money's on the field, right? We're prepared for the bowling ball. He'll find someone over the top, probably. Michael uh, Thomas with another 99-yard reception. Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> is there. I mean, it could be Breezy's last season. Now, you could argue the Saints should have been in the last two, two Super Bowls. Got, you know, the problem in Minnesota... It's a new season, Paul! Move on! It's a new uh, season! <laughs> so, no, I'm not letting this go. Uh, we know. Can't I, I wait don't... to see what happens to the Saints in the championship <laughs> oh. game this year. <laughs> I, I, I think the NFL UK have announced that uh, the Rams guest is the side judge yeah. who's coming over. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that immensely. Um, they're looking to draft another referee, um, yeah. probably over the first round. I think it's interesting Bridgewater has stayed because if if the Saints were to go to the Super Bowl and win it, which is possible, they're one of the teams in the conversation, and I'll admit I'm biased, Breeze, I would reckon, would retire and Bridgewater's got a yeah. job right away. Um, so I think he's he's played the smart deal. He's still getting over the you know he's got mm. over the injury. He can play. He's elongating his career mm-hmm. by sitting on the Saints bench. Um, you know, working under Breeze, working under Peyton, just making sure that body's in you know tip top condition. Yeah. I think it's a great show. So I'm going to have to talk about you've both talked about your teams. So I guess I really need to talk about my own and the Niners. And suddenly been very busy, if nothing else. Um, Quan Alexander, picking up from Tampa, I think is an interesting one. The Niners are riddled with players who have had big injuries. And I think that's always the worrying thing. And that's the same with Alexander. A little bit worried, you know, he's had that injury. Um, he's a hard-hitting linebacker. I was surprised how young he was still. Um, he really is just, I'm sure he's 24 or something like that. He feels like he's been around the league forever. Um, but... You know, fair enough, it's a lot of money for a linebacker, but if he plays his potential, then good player there. Now, the next one that I'm actually really excited about is Tevin Coleman. I'm delighted with that pickup. Um, I'd been speaking to some Niners guys, some friends of mine that are Niners fans, and I'd said to them, actually, if I think about the big picture of what he's going to cost and what he's going to bring into the team, I would take Coleman over Bell. Now, that sounds ridiculous. Bell is the better player is going to do more damage but the amount of money that you're going to have to put in his general direction compared to what you're paying Coleman mm. which is nothing in comparison it's an 8.5 million deal with a max value, max of 10.6 over two years it's not really a lot of money for a player that Kyle Shanahan knows can fit into that scheme and he is a good running and receiving back mm-hmm. so really interesting to see where it pleases me the most is the one thing you could say about the Niners is they don't need a lot of running backs um but Jarek McKinnon's coming off an injury. Yeah. And now actually Coleman coming in means that you don't need to throw McKinnon in from week one and risk injuring him again. You know, you can give him a couple of weeks, bleed him in slowly. You've got Coleman there as well. Um, so that's really, you know, and they've re-signed Raheem uh, Mostert as well, which is really good. So Matt Breida, 
great back is also yeah. between the four of them that's a great yeah. room of backs and um, be interesting to see if they all make it D Ford obviously we traded for um, outside linebacker great player I think that's one for the future brilliant as well happy with that um, put the franchise tag on Robbie Gould uh, which was always really interesting with uh, Chicago sniffing about yep. and, and it turned out yeah if they wanted to match it it was going to be a first round pick so brilliant on that front um, Jordan Matthews is a really interesting one as well and I didn't know he was related to Jerry Rice so that's coming so there's photos of him he is a relation of Jerry Rice photos of him when he's young in his 49ers outfit and he posted it on Twitter saying some things are meant to be so you know and Jordan Matthews was a great player at the Eagles he went to Buffalo and I thought you know what actually he could do really well in Buffalo didn't but Mm. you could say that about any number of wide receivers that have passed through Buffalo in the last couple of years I think with a fit uh, Garoppolo a Jordan Matthews pace that's a fast he had an amazing connection with Wentz yeah. I think that, that was his problem was, was he just did so well with Carson Wentz that anyone else couldn't quite figure out Matthews he's got a whole summer now to work with Garoppolo and yeah I mean you know if they can come up with that connection that's a, that's a, that's a brilliant uh, definitely I, I was right incidentally Con Alexander is only 24 <laughs> and he's been in the league since 2015 so you know that's just that's, that's pretty, that's pretty good guy um so that's pretty good as well. Resigned Jimmy Ward again, a player that's always injured. Uh, pretty happy to be honest so far with the business. We've got the number two pick in the draft. Nick Bosa might be there. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's not, we might end up trading that way. If a, if a quarterback goes one as well, I, I don't know. So um, could be interesting. But I think we're in a decent position. But we need to get our injured players back. That's the most important thing. Can I just bring us back to the Giants? Because I think yes. it would be unfair because we've, we've talked positively about San Francisco yeah. and the Saints. We've had a wee go at the <laughs> Giants. But you've got to look in. I mean, you've brought in Golden Tate. Mm-hmm. Now, is he the kind of guy that can make an impact with Eli or person to be named later to come in behind? I mean, he's a reasonable receiver. I think he's, I think he's pretty tall. I think he's a decent player. He makes people miss. Very tall. He quite likes operating at the slot, which would be interesting. I think him and Sterling Shepard will probably share reps between the slot and um, and, and out wide. Uh, I mean, he's 31 and they've given him four years, but he was the, the best wide out left in free agency, so I think they had, to, they had to move pretty quick on him and got him. He'll do fine. I mean, Peppers for Collins is, a, is another downgrade, I, I think, but they prefer Peppers in coverage, so, you know, again... It's not a massive downgrade at all. They've hugely upgraded on the O-line by getting in Kevin Zietler as part of the yeah. him Vernon to the Browns trade. So that's the one part that they definitely had to fix. Yes. And they now have, they think, four-fifths of it and they just need a, a right tackle to really nail down um, that side now. So, I mean... Yeah, there's problems. That, oh, the, and sorry, Marcus Golden as well, who they've brought in from um, Arizona. Um okay knows the defensive coordinator at New York now in fact he's brought in a few of his old Cardinals mates he's but he came back last season from a, an ACL his um, productivity was down but he was still by the end of it getting a lot of a lot of rushes on the quarterback they reckon that this is him back now he's get you know he's get, he's 12 18 months removed from the operation and they are kind of st- staking on the fact that the Golden is going to replace Vernon and they're not going to see too much of a downshift there. You can't argue that there's nothing guaranteed from yeah. any of those apart from Zietler, who, uh, who plug in and play at right guard and immediately is, is, is going to start creating spaces for Saquon. Um, yeah, right tackle. Do they go for a, a, a first-choice wide-out or, you know, I think they'll maybe look at, at wide-outs but come the third round. Um, so yeah <laughs> you want to try and be a bit more positive and it's not as if they're without a plan it's just that the plan so far has been slight downgrades <laughs> um, in, yeah. in, in sacrificing for getting the O-line sorted and stacking picks towards a probable quarterback yeah I mean I think uh, if they don't take a quarterback either, no, the first or second round I think it's negligence mm. because Eli Manning for all that's been said about him, I mean, he's what he's got two rings. He's done this. He's done that. He's done the next thing. But again, sometimes it's the narrative, yeah. and the narrative in New York is all about Eli Manning. Yeah. And if he then fails to deliver in any way, 
That's your narrative for uh, the whole season. Spoiler we're on about how you got to read between the lines with Gettleman. Gettleman will tell you without saying it in as many words. And he's been talking about the Kansas model a lot. Yeah. About how he wants someone to come in, play under Eli, maybe even take over for him next season, but certainly the season after. So I think you, you, you would got to say it's odds on that the quarterback arrives in one way or another this year because it's Eli's last year of his contract and I, I just I don't think politically they're going to give him another one. So this, this is the year. If they're going to go for this Kansas model, this is the year to get your guy in the house. As a fan of the Giants, would you rather then, with that in mind, go and get someone like Rosen in a trade who's already played some and can sit and learn a, a little bit? Or would you rather, um, if there's someone available in the draft, pick up one of the young quarterbacks from this year? I, I, I'm edging towards Rosen at the moment. Um, I, I, I think Kyler Murray's too boomer bust. Yeah. I, I can't. I can't call it at all and I think anyone else with the sixth might be a stretch obviously jiggery-pokery will happen and they'll, they'll, they'll land in the spot where they want to land them it's got to be a first rounder though I, I think anything outside the first round and you're not looking at the, the next franchise quarterback I think Rosen is a franchise quarterback I think he's got the personality <laughs> yeah. to handle that market and it actually, it, actually, it actually could work out really well for both parties um, but then that's because I've just been thinking about it a lot because there's been lots of speculation <laughs> between them and there's no one else I've actually been thinking about as a potential landing spot Rosen learning from Eli for a year and possibly even taking over in like October, November I think I, I, can, I can really see the appeal of that So before we wrap this up I'm going to ask you guys for who you think has done best and who you think has done worst thus far to close off the conversation before we do that, though, there's two teams that haven't yet come up and one that you can talk about on the plus and one very much on the negative, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Oakland Raiders. The Pittsburgh Steelers, we've already touched on the fact that Levy and Bell left. He wasn't there last year anyway. Yeah. He's ended up in New York. Not really sure it's worked out brilliantly for Levy and Bell, as he would have thought it might have, but hey, oh, that's what it is. Um, they've Obviously, the Steelers have lost uh, Antonio Brown as well, traded to the Raiders. That's been an ongoing saga. Um, wide receivers they've picked up in replacement, Dante Moncrief and Eli Rogers. Not necessarily like for like. I don't think that's unfair no, of me. I, th- I think there's enough there for Big Ben to complain about in his week. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that, you know, you're keeping your quarterback happy, aren't you? Uh, let, let's talk about the Raiders. I mean, they're, they're whack-a-mole, isn't it? Yeah. You solve one thing, something else pops up. I mean, they, they, they are going to be like that. I love John Green. I think he's brilliant. Not quite sure where they're going. Mike Mayock, you know, he's, he's gone from talking the talk, he now has to walk the walk. You know, from ESPN's draft expert, he's now going to prove that he knows what he's doing. Now they do have draft picks. So, again, the, the, the teams that have almost got a lot of draft picks or picks in important places, I'll give them a pass for now. That's why I'd probably say Oakland have done better than Pittsburgh. All that Pittsburgh have done for me is lose good players. Yeah. Um, and that and fan bases take that badly you know you can get the shiny new toy but they don't really look like they're going to get that shiny new toy if if you said to any fan of any team what we're going to do over a period of 18 months is we're going to take your best wide receiver and your best running back who by the way are two outstanding players never mind on this team across the leaf. whole yeah, league yeah. The fans are going to be like, oh, you have got but to At least Pittsburgh it. have got a tradition of starting on the D and being mean and nasty on the D and then and then moving it all from there. And they will still be that. Yes. Um, and yeah, I, I think I think they can get by on the offense without superstars um, as long as they keep that, um, that mean streak on D. Well, I think the person this is going to make or break the most is Ben Roethlisberger because if he can continue to do it with what he's got now let's Juju is a very good wide receiver and James Conner looked to be a very capable running back but you're right they are not Antonio Brown and Levy and Bell if he can continue to maintain the level of offensive performance then kudos to Ben if he shrinks down the plug hole, that's not the analogy. Yeah. You know what I mean. Um, <laughs> Imagine getting a plumber out to take the Roethlisberger <laughs> out of your yeah, U-Bend. I know. Now, there, there's a thing. How did you shrink Ben? Yeah. <laughs> 
honey, I shrunk the quarterback. <laughs> well, it's all the running around he's going to do now because there's no one on his team to throw it to. But um, yeah, if you know if if he plummets, then it's going to be on him, and he's then going to be left with that legacy of people saying. And you know what? You maybe should have been nicer to your wide receiver and your running back. You know, they they carried you, Ben. It wasn't the other way around. So, it's interesting. On your point on the Raiders, though, I think you're right. It's it's bizarre. They a lot of chat because they got rid of uh, Cooper, but they've now got Antonio Brown, JJ Nelson, and Tyrell Williams. That's not a bad receiving core. It's really not. Um, Jared Cook. I don't think Jared Cook signed anywhere yet, has he? He's not signed yet. I mean, the Saints have obviously expressed their interest. The Saints need a tight end, but and he has. And what visited. a pickup he would be for the Saints! I, I but think, but again, he falls into that. He's on your bench in the fantasy, yeah. Because you never know what yeah. what he's going to do. I think we've mentioned most teams, but I mean, we've not really mentioned KC because they've been successful. The Eagles, yeah. Um, of the teams that haven't been successful, I think the only one we've possibly not mentioned is the Detroit Patriots. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's what they're going to be. See, I find this, I always find it difficult when somebody goes, look, it takes so many people they know from one team. More often than not, it doesn't work. Because you're going, usually from a team that's very talented to one that's not. I mean, Trey Flowers is great. Mm. You know, we love him. But... Have they done enough? That that's the that's the question. And what's going to be a tough division for them? Have Detroit, but again, they've got a few draft picks salted away. We'll see what they can do off the draft board. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the plenty of things that we haven't discussed there, but it's not over yet. We will do a sort of sum up when it all comes down, and we'll be looking ahead, obviously, to the draft over the coming months. But as it stands right now, then, gents, who do you think has won the free agency and who has lost free agency? I'm going to stand by Tampa. Okay. Because I think it's got the biggest impact on their whole approach to training camp. Now, some people might think I'm mad, which is fine. Uh, enough people do. But I think they've solved the problem right from the get-go. And, they, and they've done that. So I, I like the way they've done it. It'd be easy to pick New York to say that they, they've had a bad time. But as you say, read between the lines of what David Gettleman's trying to do. We'll give him the benefit as long as he gets the draft right. The loser has to be Pittsburgh, simply because of the quality of player that's gone out the door. Uh, as a counterpoint to to the to the quarterback and who's won, the Jaguars went and got the best quarterback available in free agency, and then got rid of what had been a millstone around their neck. Yeah, and you got to like that. that. Yeah. Um, so much expected of them last year, and it turned out to be absolutely nothing. So. That's interesting as well. Um, yeah, the, the, the big sexy movers are Cleveland, um, and the, the, the Giants are almost like the antithesis to them, aren't they? <laughs> I think so. And the, the interesting thing to talk about falls in the Jaguars. It lifts that London game. Yes. Mm, yeah. Because you know, we're obviously we're still waiting on the dates and in the exact venues. But I mean, I go to one game every year. And the last game on my list had Jacksonville on it because I've seen Bortles, I've seen yeah. Jacksonville, and I've been disappointed by them enough. And you want to see something new. And I think, yeah, I'd go and watch Nick Foles trying to drive that offense. Totally. Nick Foles versus Deshaun Watson's a, a much more interesting uh, matchup. Yeah. Uh, it definitely is. Uh, similar point to that, though, before. Actually, have you both given your winners? Yes. You gave yours. You've given yours right. Right, I'll just go for it. Step on up. Fine. So the other game that I think is much more interesting because of free agency and who I've actually picked as my winner um, is the Raiders. Um, And it's because Antonio Brown being there, Derek Carr's now got a whole bunch of options there at a time where people were going out the door. But they've, they've picked up... JJ uh, Nelson, Tyrell Williams. Uh, Tyrell Williams is a player I really like. Antonio Brown is quality. We know that he is. Receiving core sorted. Uh, running back, perhaps still a gap there. Fine. Um, Lamarcus Joyner is a solid safety. I think that's really good. Trent Brown's a really funny one. So Trent Brown's basically been traded from the Niners to the Patriots last draft day. I think it was Trent Brown, something like the 145th pick for the 93rd pick. It was an unsexy trade. And now one year in New England and he's got a four-year $66 million contract for an offensive tackle. It's just absolutely mad, but he had a great season. So that's an important player. But Oakland have added pieces and they've got the draft picks. So I think that that's the only thing for me that gets them an edge over Cleveland is because Cleveland have given up draft picks to get the pieces. 
I think that if you're looking at progression, the Raiders were that bad. I actually think the Raiders, this has set them up really nicely to progress really well. Um, and they could be much more competitive in what is also a really difficult division and one where they're not expected to win. Um, they're probably most people still expect them to be bomb. I think they'll definitely be above the Broncos. That's Without actually doubt. one thing we should touch on very briefly is the fact that the other couple of quarterback moves, there's obviously Flacco goals yeah. to Denver, which we touched on slightly in the last pod. Yeah. And then Case Keenum, place marker in Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, neither are very exciting moves. Uh, I don't know if it's going to help Denver. I don't know whether Denver are thinking they need to, to draft somebody as well. Uh, how long's Flacco got? Can he do it? That that's an interesting narrative there. Case Keenum, you're going to feel slightly sorry for him. Um, you know, just the way that it's all worked out, and he's now got to go and quarterback the Redskins, who are among the most dysfunctional franchises yeah. going. Yep, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, if I'm looking for a loser, it is definitely the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they're just talent going out, and there's not a player on that list of ends that makes me go, "Oh well, at least they got him." <laughs> Um, no one particularly excited. Stephen Nelson, the cornerback's decent. Um, fine, Dante Moncrief. I just, if you're not playing particularly well, even on under Andrew Luck, then you're not going to play particularly well anywhere. Eli Rogers, all right. Nah. Um, fine, obviously he's a re-signing, but it's just not inspiring at all. I think they've they're going to plummet and they're going to have a really tough year unless they do something phenomenal in the draft or go out and trade for someone, but I think they've had a hammering. So, yeah, it's my winners and losers. So, before we go, a couple of news stories that are doing the rounds. One is that Denver are thinking about changing their uniforms. And what that's done is it's almost sparked a little social media um, interest, and people are putting up their own designs. But what I thought was great was Emmanuel Sanders is commenting on these things. Right, okay. What a, what a brilliant thing to do. I mean, they're looking at perhaps going back to or- more orange, perhaps the blue pants, but what a wonderful thing. There's a lot of people that like to design and play around the logo that somebody's proposing. Just if the phrase, it looks like a harder horse, you know, just a little <laughs> bit more butch. But I think that's quite fascinating that, you know, players actually look at these things and, and are willing to engage. And I think that's a fairly harmless way of engaging with people yeah I think you can see how in every sport people get passionate about uniforms Yeah. some of the most popular things I've seen on Twitter are when people do things like they'll do um, our football version of NFL teams or American football versions of English Premiership teams and things like that and people love all that I love in our football in the summer when the teams are releasing the new kits and you get all the rumours and you're like oh that looks great or well, that's absolutely boofing um, and you know these these ones that stink tend to be remembered way more than the classics unless it's an absolute classic um, so it's fascinating and yeah great to see a player engaging with the fans and stuff like that I had a meeting and a chat with somebody last week and we were talking about various things and one of the things we talked about was, you know, strips and uniforms and wouldn't it be great because baseball have got a lot of throwbacks, the NFL have got throwbacks, wouldn't it be great just to see an NFL throwback weekend where everybody just wore their throwbacks? They should be doing that in the Scottish Premier League. Everybody should be saying, you know, on week seven of the Scottish Premier League, everybody's going to wear a throwback kit. Then you could have, you know, choose the four kits. You know, we've got to be in an away kit that day. Choose one of these four. It's just an easy way of engaging with people. I engaged with one of the writers of Major League Baseball who put up on his site, he was, the article was all about the best jerseys. And if you actually went into the article, what he meant was which player's jerseys should you be wearing in the season ahead and I actually dropped him a note and this is the great thing about social media dropped him a note on Twitter saying enjoyed the article but I actually thought you were going to pick the best jersey you know home away the alternate or you know the throwback and he came back brilliant idea for an article and I'd love to see that because people do get passionate about the uniforms I think the uniforms have helped the Alliance League create a look so we'll see if if there's a redesign there the team that I think needs one is Tampa Bay yeah Um, and I I would like to see that come. Other piece of news, which I thought was quite interesting, is NBC has swapped the 2021 Super Bowl to CBS for the 2022 one. Now, they've done that so they can sell adverts for both the Super Bowl and the Olympics in the same year and allowed CBS a Super Bowl broadcast where they're not competing with money um, with the 
the Olympics. I think like, it's it's just it's a, it's a tiny little thing, but it's it's quite interesting. Good business sense for both. Network stations making trades. Yeah. Anything. Twenty twenty one pick for a twenty twenty two. I think that's great. You're, you're still trying to get me to Buffalo. <laughs> uh, t- talking about trading. <laughs> Johnny Manziel's rights didn't last long in the alliance. They got booted away by San Antonio to Memphis. So Johnny Football could be lining up for the Memphis Express. So from joining the worst team in Canada to joining the worst team in the alliance, um, definitely interesting one. And we've seen, we've discussed this on a couple of pods, the, the standard of the alliance continues to be really good. It's not the NFL. No one's trying to say that it is. It definitely isn't. But it's a decent level of football. Um, and we've already seen uh, quarterbacks get knocked off their perch. Christian Halkenberg has fallen way yeah. down the wire, rightly so. Um, so I think it's really interesting. It carries with it, unfortunately, still a massive amount of hype. Because of who he was and because of the story and because of where he went in the draft, he, it carries the hype. Um, and actually, that's now two pretty big brown busts that are playing in the league yeah. and in the same division because you've got Trent Richardson, who's doing brilliantly, yes. um, but the Birmingham Iron. So, and they're having a, a, a great season as well. What a thrilling game between them and the fleet as well really went down to the wire. It's been some great stuff. I'll tell you, I think the league is best for kickers yeah. because I think they prove they can kick. And I, and I can't remember the guy's name. I think it's the punter for San Antonio who keeps popping it in the five yard. Yeah. He, he's going to go. Yeah. He's definitely going to go. If you're a punter, especially in that league, you are basically getting a chance to show off at that next level. So I think some of these kickers are going to come through and earn themselves deals in the NFL. So what do you think of Manziel, though? Do you think, I mean, do we think this is going to be just media hype and an opportunity for the Alliance to grow? Or is he genuinely... Deserving of his time. I mean, yes, everybody deserves an opportunity. Um, but it felt like he came away from Canada and not the best way. The comms wasn't brilliant. There was a bit of back and forth even on Twitter and it just felt a bit unfortunate. I, I think he'll be the Edinburgh Wolves starting quarterback in season 2023. <laughs> Don't tell Andrew McIver that. He's just got the job. Oh, no, so. he, he, he's just placeholding. <laughs> he's placeholding for Manziel at the moment. He, has, he must understand that. Um, one that I thought was brilliant is obviously we've seen some retirements but I thought the best retirement of them all has to go to Haloti Nata who announced his retirement at the top of Mount Kilimanjaro with a flag with a big flag that says I'm retiring while at the top and I thought well done that's hard to beat isn't well, it you know, I mean I might have got to the top of the, the Scott Monument and done yeah. it you know, I might not have gone all the way to Kilimanjaro, but you've, you've certainly got to give him kudos for that. Well, that concludes everything then for episode 44. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Again, we'd love to hear your feedback, good and bad. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at ScotlandNFL and on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash ScotlandNFL. Thanks to all of you who've been listening. In addition to our regular podcast, we're working on several one-off pods similar to the interview we did with former Claymore cornerback Jim Ballard. Our thanks to Jamie Borthwick as well. Don't forget that there'll be more roster moves announced shortly. We're staying strong and adding quality and depth across the board at a number of positions as we continue to expand and improve what we do. Indeed, we continue to expand and improve. That's what we're hoping to do in the off-season. Now, remember, you can get your football fix by watching the Alliance League this very weekend. Just when will Johnny Manziel be walking from Memphis? We'll find out very soon. Bye for now. <laughs>